This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefan Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And it is time for our first feminist movie Friday, and I think it is coming out on Friday. Ooh. Of 2023. This one has been much, much requested. And I blame um, all of you for my trauma. <laughs> <laughs> kind of yeah. like how I yelled at Andy. I blame the people who... I'm just kidding. It was a movie we should have watched, but I'm traumatized. Thank you very much. <laughs> it was quite traumatizing. Uh, we were talking about Promising Young Woman, and I remember I had been meaning to watch it. I knew it was going to be a rough one. I knew generally how it ended, and I was like preparing myself to watch it, and it was still pretty... Yeah. Pretty rough. (laughs) So go ahead and put content warning here. This Mm -hmm. is a dramatic movie, and it does involve sexual assault, uh, rape, suicide, death, um, murder. Yeah. All of that. (laughs) Yeah. And just like a general... Again, if if you know anybody who's experienced sexual assault or you've been through it, I mean, even just being like a woman in this world... It's not an easy, uh, easy watch. Um, and we are going to talk about some of this stuff. And I think um, I'm going to share some personal stuff, but it's not like, I don't think we're going to get like too in depth. But yeah, it, it, it is a rough one. Uh, you, speaking of, you can see our rape revenge episodes uh, for more about this. Um and yeah, uh, a lot of listeners did request this one. So we do take your requests. We have a list. So don't, <laughs> never fear, never fear. Um, I'm mad at you though. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to throw in, I watched She Said, uh, who is not currently a sponsor, but was a sponsor at one time. Um, and it, it felt very much in the same vibe. I would say it had more of a like potentially hopeful ending, but it was... Ooh, <laughs> I think that would be more one. intense for me because it's actually based on a true true events. So yes, that, and, and of course, it also has Carrie Mulligan, um, yeah. starring in that one. But yeah, I think 
I haven't watched that. I have to gear up to watch things like yes. this for myself. And I will say at the very front, after watching Promising Young Woman, Annie did give me kind of a heads up. Uh, because that's mm-hmm. what I need. This is where I'm like, I do like spoilers for things like this. I still wasn't ready. I did not expect the ending. I had no idea. I just heard that it was not. It mm-hmm. doesn't. It does wrap up, but it doesn't, um, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, yeah. But because it like put me in that funk, and I'm like, all right, now I will watch Turning Red and The <laughs> yes! Mummy. And I watched it back <laughs> yes. to back because I was like, I need this immediately. Cleanse, need to cleanse this mind right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, you've got to have those movies. You've got to yes. have those entertainment things you can go to. They're like, oh, I'm in a not good place. I need to get pulled out. <laughs> I, n- I need something else here. Uh, we did. We are going to spoil it. This is actually a fairly recent movie, even though it feels like it came out 20 years ago, uh, just because the pandemic, it kind of came out at the end of 2020. I uh, So yeah, we're, we are going to spoil it, but I knew how it ended. I had been spoiled on it. I did not realize it was going to be such a... Um, drawn out yeah brutal uh thing but yeah we will talk about it but that was like i knew how it ended it still hurt <laughs> it was still like mm-hmm. oh okay mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah all right so let's get into let's it start. everybody <laughs> yeah all right so um promising young woman is a 2020 i saw it called thriller i guess that's what it would be called um it was, I mean, yeah, sure. It was co-produced, written, and directed by Emerald Fennell, who uh, was with Killing Eve, um, featuring Carrie Mulligan as Cassie, Bo Burnham as Ryan, Clancy Brown as Cassie's dad, Stanley, Jennifer Coolidge as Cassie's mom, Susan, Allison Brie as Madison, Laverne Cox as Gail, Connie Britton as Dean Walker, with uh, short appearances and cameos by Adam Brody, Christopher Mintz-Poss, Alfred Molina, uncredited uh, as yeah, Jordan I know, Green. Yeah, that was weird. That was, I was kind of like, hmm. This okay. is a big actor. Why? <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. And uh, Molly Shannon as Nina's mom. It won Best Original Screenplay at the 93rd Oscars, and it was nominated in several other categories, including uh, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress for Carrie Mulligan, and Best Editing. And the screenplay won several other awards, um, and it was generally uh, highly reviewed. Right. Uh, So the film follows Cassie, a traumatized woman who dropped out of med school after her best friend Nina Fisher uh, killed herself after being raped. The school never investigated, uh, though it was widely believed fellow student Al Monroe was her assaulter. Um, Cassie now lives with her worried parents, works at a coffee shop with a friend Gail, an owner, I think, and at night she goes to bars and clubs where... This is how it begins. She pretends to be drunk to meet the nice guys. And we should put in here, the nice guys are played by who would, is truly seen as nice guys in the acting world. They, I know she did this on purpose by mm-hmm. pulling beloved actors who yep. would be seen as nice guys. Or at least like, because the loving guy. Yeah. yeah. McLovin, maybe he wouldn't be the nice guy because we've seen him play that other role. But definitely mm-hmm. not threatening yeah, type mm-hmm. of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these nice guys rescue her by taking her home and trying to have sex with her. And again, they when they rescue, the initial is like they're trying to protect from all of the other fiends. I right. got you, I got you, you're safe, which they say mm-hmm. a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Despite the fact she's clearly in- inebriated and cannot consent. 
But on top of that, uh, gives clear messaging she does not want to have sex, is confused, is not there. Um, then she reveals that she's actually sober and confronts them. I thought it was actually going to go a step further and that she would kill I them. I did too. I did that too. didn't happen. So. No. No, she would just kind of be like, oh, I'm totally sober. And they would be terrified. Like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> right. They look shocked that they just got discovered for their intent. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so Cassie goes on a, a date with a past classmate named Ryan, who is now a pediatrician. Um, doesn't understand why Cassie dropped out, kind of questions her about it. He reveals that Al, uh, the student who is believed to have raped Nina, is getting married. And Cassie starts plotting revenge against him and all of those involved in Nina's rape. So first... She meets up with um, a one-time friend of Cassie and Nina's, Madison. Cassie gets Madison day drunk, and Madison continues to maintain that Nina wasn't raped, that she was a slut who was drunk half the time, basically. So sort of, yeah, like blaming the victim. It was her fault. Um, Cassie hires a man to take a blackout drunk Madison to a hotel room. Madison can't remember what happens, and she leaves these upset, several upset messages on Cassie's phone that Cassie ignores. Her next target is Dean Walker. Uh, Walker had dismissed the case, Nina's case, due to lack of evidence. And while she remembers Al, doesn't remember Nina, and calls the whole thing unfortunate. Cassie tells the dean she had tricked the dean's daughter, Amber, into thinking that Cassie was a makeup artist for this popular band that Amber really likes. And she had dropped Amber off in a dorm room with drunk male students. And panicking, the dean tries to, to call Amber, but Cassie has Amber's phone. The dean apologizes for not taking any action with Nina, and Cassie reveals she lied and that Amber is safe in a diner. Mm-hmm. So, uh, while out hunting sleazy men that night, and by the way, at the beginning, we see a small notebook where she tallies uh, scores of getting after these men and puts names down. So, mm -hmm. a, and she calls it a job uh, as a way yeah. of doing this, by the way. Mm -hmm. She runs into Ryan where, while she's pretending to be drunk, leaving with a, a dude. And he gets angry with her. They have a moment and they kind of split. And he also yeah. plays the good guy here saying he's a creep, the dude who's trying mm -hmm. to take her home, by the way. Later, mm -hmm. Cassie goes to confront Al's lawyer, Jordan Green, who got Nina to drop the charges after essentially harassing. And uh, here he describes how the firm just pretty much, and how lawyers uh, are taught how to dig through social media, used to be trash, um, to find revealing clothes, drunk pictures, uh, and anything to discredit them and call them a slut and making sure that they are so ashamed that they will mm -hmm. back off suits and back off cases and that they get money for that. Yep. Um, it's really ugly and it's very telling. Yeah, he says he regrets his action um, and is taking a, a break from practicing law because of a nervous breakdown. Something happened. And and part of that was the Nina case because he remembered her clearly. He remembered the, the what happened and he knew that she had died by suicide. So there was a lot to this. And he pretty much asked Cassie to hurt him. He's like, I want you to. I need to pay for this, and instead, Cassie forgives him, um, which is something to remember. She visits Nina's mom, who begs her to let it go and move on. A lot of these things were unsettling, and I know it was on purpose, and this was one of the unsettling moments to me, even though it was supposed to be kind of like a comfort, it really mm -hmm. wasn't. Um, the dismissiveness mm -hmm. of even her mom, 
you don't want the victim's mom to be down and, like, being haunted by it, but it also seemed callous at the same time. I don't, I don't know. Um, again, to me, it was unsettling. Um, but she gets her, tries to get her to let go. This is kind of the moment that you see her, I think, trying to change her mind. Maybe this is not a good idea for her plot. She goes to Ryan and apologizes, and they start this wonderful relationship, both telling each other that they are in love. Um, she even brings him home to meet the parents, having awkward parent moments. Uh, everything yeah. looks good. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Madison, still unable to get a hold of Cassie, shows up at her house, uh, desperate to know what happened after their lunch. Cassie informs her that nothing happened. Um Basically, she, like, paid this guy to take her to a hotel room and just, like, leave her there. Uh, Madison gives Cassie this old phone that contains a video with Nina's rape on it, explaining that it got passed around as kind of a joke. Like, everyone had seen it. I thought you had seen it. Um, She urges Cassie not to watch it and tells her to never contact her again. Um, Cassie watches the video And it shows Al raping Nina with a bunch of bystanders, including Ryan, her boyfriend, uh, laughing. So she confronts him, uh, warning him she'll release the video if he doesn't tell her where Al is having his bachelor party. He relents and begs for forgiveness, but she does not give it to him. She arrives at the bachelor party dressed as a stripper. She drugs Al's friends and then takes Al to the bedroom, cuffing him to the bed and introducing herself as Nina Fisher. And this freaks Al out, and he starts trying to escape, saying that Nina is dead. And this is actually the first time it's confirmed uh, to the audience, even though you, I'm pretty sure the whole time you're kind of like, yeah, I'm pretty, I think I know what happened. Um, but it's the first time it's confirmed. Uh, she begins to carve Nina's name onto his stomach, but Al escapes and suffocates her with a pillow. Um, when his friend discovers him the next morning, they burn Cassie's body. Right. And y'all, I, this was the part I was like, what's, what? What's happening? I was mm-hmm. not ready. And also, mm-hmm. throughout this, every time she confronts somebody, including Madison, they keep saying, we were kids. We yep. were kids. We were yep. just playing. Um, mm-hmm. Which we've heard that statement, and I'm pretty sure, again, it was in relation to the Kavanaugh case. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. 
With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. And after Cassie's parents filed a missing persons report, which they did it in a way that seemed like she might just have run away, mm-hmm. except for the mom. Um, and, and along with that, the police think, oh, okay, she's just having a bad time. So they all kind Great. of chalk it up to her mental health. Um, and Ryan, who is confronted, also agrees because the nice guy, even though he knows something bad probably has happened because mm-hmm. he knows where he, she went, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, she was mentally off. She was not doing well because mm-hmm. he wanted it to go away. So the nice guy, once again, it's all about him saving his own ass. So we come to Al's wedding to yep. this gorgeous woman who we keep saying he loves. Please don't mm-hmm. tell. Uh, <laughs> we suddenly see Ryan getting a text message from Cassie. During this point, I had to ask my partner, I was like, wait, can you send scheduled messages? <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> and so we, he had to show me how to do that, y'all, in the middle, like right after the movie. Because I was like, what? Wait, you can do that? <laughs> So I know now. <laughs> Learning know every now, day. <laughs> I know. Something new every day. Um, mm-hmm. And it reveals that she had a contingency plan in place in case of her death. She actually sends the phone with Nina's rape to the lawyer with details about where she was going if she went missing and who did it. She leaves a half-heart necklace, you know, the best friend's neck- necklace. Did you have one of those? I had one of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with her name on it where Gail would find it, the owner of the coffee shop. The police find the other half with Nina's name on it where she was burned because it's all ashes. Um, Mm -hmm. And then police arrest Al at his wedding. And um, Cassie's final text to Ryan is signed from her and Nina. BT Dubs, Max Greenfield from New Girl is in it. He's the one that's kind of been the catalyst. He was the one that was filming, apparently. Oh, yeah. The Mm -hmm. rape. Um, He's the one that helped to call her a liar. And then he helped cover up this murder. Yeah. He was not. I mean, most of the men, all the men, most of the men for sure were not good in this. (laughs) But he was like one of the ones where I was like, oh, I cannot stand you. Yeah, he was purposely that frat boy that you're supposed to hate. Um, Mm -hmm. And the the whole premise was that they all went to college together. And this all happened in college. Uh, Nina went by herself to this party. Mm -hmm. And that's why Cassie feels so guilty. This is what she apologizes mm-hmm. her to Nina's mom for. And Cassie dropped out of med school, and apparently she was at the top of the class. So was Nina, mm-hmm. and they both dropped out because of that trauma. Yeah, yeah and that's, like, where the title comes from, is the promising right. woman. They dropped out, and, like, the dean didn't even remember, like, Either Nina. one of them. Yeah, but the men, we've heard that before, of, like, the promising young man. We can't ruin his life. We can't. Right. He's going to be... They were kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, but he's so good at X, Y, Z. Like, we... Why would we... Why would we punish him? He's got so much promise. Right. And the accusations come all the time. Mm-hmm. None, of the, none of them really turned out to be anything, which is very untrue. Very, very untrue. And that that was one of the, like... 
I there's so much about this that hurts because you've seen it, especially like we've had these conversations play out in like our in huge news stories, but when it comes to college campuses, like it's just sort of a thing that is like maybe not accepted, but it, it almost accepted. Like, yeah, you probably you, you should be shouldn't wear this. You shouldn't go out this late at night. You shouldn't drink. Like, because this could happen. Like, that's how much we all like know, but don't really talk about that this happens. Right. But that's also permanently branded into most women's minds as this could happen, this did happen, and this is the things that told me I shouldn't do, and I did it, and it's my fault. And that's how that uh, begins. And oftentimes, because we're already culturally um, brainwashed by that, that we we believe and accept it. And instead of understanding this was not my fault, this is not our fault, this is not her fault, nothing should have that type of consequence. Nothing that I do that makes myself happy, whether I do dress the way I want to that day because I feel good about myself or the way I, if I want to go out to a party because I actually want to socialize should not be equal to someone violating me. And that's that conversation. Instead of hearing that, we believe it is because people told us this, it mm-hmm. is. If that makes sense. Right. Right. And and it's just, when we did our... um our episodes on like rape revenge movies and I watched a bunch of them probably ill-advised but one of the ones that stuck with me was (laughs) like they had videos of what had happened they Mm -hmm. had videos of the sexual assault and it didn't matter like in the end still no justice was had so that's what I was trying to explain to you when I was like, it's really, really bleak. There's kind of a like yeah, you did. thing you at the that end. Day. But I, I couldn't help but thinking like, sure, they got this video, but they'd all seen it and passed it around and thought it was a joke and thought it was funny. Like, mm-hmm. she probably still won't get any justice. Right. Weirdly enough, side point, uh, I used to love Friday Night Lights as a show, okay. which is Connie uh-huh. Britton is yeah. in. Mm-hmm. She plays a school counselor, if none of you know, because this may be before your time, and that's fine. It doesn't, <laughs> it didn't age well. Don't watch it. <laughs> but um, one of the episodes that was one of the most disturbing episodes for me, and it involved Connie Britton. And again, she did not write this. I, I'm not saying she at all. I'm just saying that she was involved in the acting. The way they wrote the script, there was a, an episode, and they're trying to talk about drunk drunkenness or whatever. A young cheerleader girl gets really, really drunk, so drunk that they use her as a puppet, essentially, like making fun of her and have videos, and it's just all around. And her reaction as a counselor is to bring that girl in and yell at her about why would you do this? Do you not? Are you not ashamed? Did you learn a lesson? It could have mm. gotten worse. And it was mm-hmm. one of the most disturbing moments of like, what? And, and of right. course, the boys did get in trouble because the football coach suspended them. So, of course, they looked like heroes right. in that level. But still to do that was like, not that she didn't need to talk to, be talked to. Like, she needed to be like, hey, are you okay? We want to make sure you're okay. This is happening. Be aware. Blah, blah, blah. And yeah, that's a conversation about responsibility for sure. That That's not a thing. And also, drinking at a young age, hello. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the whole difference in high school, which was so odd. But like that was one of the episodes that really bothered me. And it, like, every time I, when I watched the scene with Connie Britton in this mm-hmm. movie, that's all I could see. And I was like, yeah. this is 
not boding well for her. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. And I did read an article about how Carrie Mulligan's character, Cassie, essentially, like, cannot forget, cannot forgive, is so, like, angry. Like, you have so many scenes of her, like, I, if you're just going to ignore what's happening in this world, I don't know why I should submit to this world anymore. Like, this is... But but how the women, like, we have all these nice guys who are absolute ass, but the women also, like, Madison and Connie Britton's character, Dean Walker, um, not supporting other women. And, like, we've... Dean Walker uses that thing that we've heard so much of, like... Because at first she's like, oh, Nina, that's unfortunate, but Al was so successful, and, like, I didn't... There was no proof, like, too bad. And then when she thinks her daughter is in danger... That's when she's like panicking, like, oh my gosh. Like, it it goes from like, oh, that's so unfortunate to this is impacting her directly. And that's something we hear a lot in these conversations is when like, well, I have a wife or I have a daughter or I have a mother. And it it makes me so frustrated because it's like you can't, (laughs) outside of that, you can't care for anybody outside of that. Well, not that was the like again. That was also the character of Madison putting her in that situation. Which, by the way, I thought that was one of the dis- most disturbing scenes, because I was I was like, why would she do this? She actually setting this woman up to be raped. Oh my god! Did she just hire someone to nowhere? Because every time I ever think when a case happens, uh, we've seen judges do the wrong decisions. We've seen lawyers defending and all these things, and people have written in something like, "What if this happens to your daughter?" I'm like, I would never want to wish that. On, even on my worst enemy, because that is not something to want to do that. And most of the people are like, I hope it never happens to you, but it's kind of like a very thinly veiled threat yeah. um, in defense of mm-hmm. others. And that was kind of one of those moments. And I was like, this is the, what is, like, I was getting anxious and angry and upset by that in itself. Mm-hmm. And I had a moment of like, please don't do this. Please don't, this is not what, even teaching a lesson. But again, until, the conversation was until she was put into that position, she could mm-hmm. not have empathy even today for someone yeah. who had died due to the situation. Yeah. And could not see it until she was in that point. And back to the Connie Britton moment, it literally all all Cassie had to say was, I left your daughter with this in the same room that the boys are staying where it used to live. Mm-hmm. with a bunch of boys, and there seems to be a lot of liquor there, so good luck. That's all she said. And mm-hmm. the dean knew immediately what could happen to her daughter. So yeah. that was all the implication. Which, by the way, that also was a disturbing scene. I was very upset. I do not love movies that go after other women in general, setting up the daughter to be a victim her calling her stupid. I I know that this is just a movie and they had different ways of doing this. And it, I also know that Cassie wasn't supposed to be a hero. You're not, you're not supposed to like her. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it bothered me to see that. that. There's a lot of like back and forth about this movie. I was very hesitant in this movie in general, but like I get it. It's very heavy handed. Um, as a person who has gone through trauma, you and myself, it's a lot to take in. Even talking about it makes me a little anxious. Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot to take in, but seeing that too, it was an added ouch. Not that it's not reality, not that it can't happen. It just was like, wow, do we really have to take that extra step though of like calling an, a young girl stupid? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sure it was an added dig because that was said about Nina. She was dumb for doing this. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like a lot of the things I read were, you know, she's just so, by what happened, she's so traumatized and so angry that everyone's telling her to move on and she can't move on. And it is impacting her. Like you see, like pretty much every person in her life is worried about Kathy. Right. <laughs> is like, this is not healthy what you are doing. And they don't even know about like her nighttime. Right. Like job. <laughs> right. Um, so it's not, it's not healthy and people are worried about her. And I think she just like lashes out uh, and is so full of anger about it. Yeah. And it is like, it's heavy handed, but it's also like unfortunate how often I was like, yeah, I've heard this before. It starts pretty like punches flying with uh, these like three guys at a bar. Right. Who are like see Cassie, who's acting very, very drunk and talking like amongst themselves, like boy talk, like, you know, they put themselves in danger. She's kind of hot, just asking for it. Like, Having this conversation. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I would go a step further. The intro with the dancing, you're immediately uncomfortable because mm -hmm. the dancing was interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know if the choreographer was like, just do some gyrating silly moves that make women <laughs> uncomfortable and go for it. And that's the mm -hmm. focus that we see. We see average men uh, trying to be sexy or funny in their drunken state. Um, mm -hmm. And it automatically, yeah, it definitely put me back to, oh, yeah, I've seen that. And it made me uncomfortable, made me walk away. Um, you get that from the shots, the, from the angles immediately. That's where you come into, to the three guys uh, talking, A and Brody being the nice guy trying to rescue her away from these two. Yeah. Dudes, my coworkers, mm -hmm. and, and it even begins to have the conversation about a woman who had told them a concern about the meetings and how it's going, and all of them saying she's just overreacting, she just needs to keep up. Like, it, mm -hmm. it, it jumps into how they already dismiss women in the workplace, except for Adrian Bodie, who's like, oh, maybe we should talk to her. I'm going to be the good guy. We should. She's not wrong. We should defend her. Like, trying yeah. to overplay that character. This movie was coming after a lot of people, but I was definitely nice, guys. You did not come out looking good on the other side, kind of pretty quickly. As you said, the casting was purposeful about Hollywood nice guys. But yeah, like that whole like, oh, I'm going to save her. And then so quickly, Brody's character was like, well, would you like to come to my apartment? Right. Like, Switches it goes... It up very, very quickly from like, oh, I'm right. going to rescue you in heavy quotes to actually, my apartment's right here. Would you like to come up? And then more drinks. To yeah. More drinks when she's like acting so wasted. Um, and then uh, trying to have sex with her when she clearly cannot consent. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands. 
not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I also think like there are certain things that I, I'm always like, I might be just projecting my own stuff <laughs> on this, but I feel like her whole relationship with Ryan... Um, who, I don't know how you felt, Samantha, but I was immediately like, this is not going to end well. I don't know oh, why yeah. or how. <laughs> this guy's not good either. <laughs> I did predict that, that he was going to be in the video. He was a part of it. Yeah, when she brought out the video, I was like, oh no, uh-huh. But like the the friendships, that idea that like these friendships are always like like meant to be something else, that he always just wanted to date her. And like I said, I I believe in platonic like relationships with different genders, but I feel like a lot of times when we see this, it does feel this way. I've had that experience a lot. So I I thought that was interesting. Uh, yeah, that whole conversation about not wanting to ruin this nice guy's life. So many of them, like you said, they had all of these excuses when they were caught. They were right. like, oh, well, <laughs> but I'm a nice... I think even one of them said that, but I'm a nice guy. <laughs> I'm a yeah. nice guy. Yeah. The dude who was trying to get her to do coke. Yes. McLovin. Yes. yes. <laughs> I just called McLovin. I know that's not his name. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. But that was one of the things, like, the ending, uh, when she, like, slowly gets suffocated. Um, the next day, Al, who suffocated her, was like, it was an accident. I was like, are you kidding me? You, for so long. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, he's saying, you did this. This is your fault. Yes. You would stop. Stop breathing. Stop moving. You yep. get those. So that's not an accident. <laughs> no. And it like, this was, that was the part I was like, I knew she was going to die. I did not know it was going to be so long. Yeah. And like, that is not an accident. <laughs> no, no. And then also the burning scene with her hand sticking out. I was like, ah, oh, that's okay. I guess that's just to verify, yes, you're seeing what you're seeing uh, mm-hmm. level. And that the callousness of that. Yeah. In general. Because they were so would... ready to just throw her away and h- yeah. cover it up. Right, that she mattered so little uh, yeah. as a human in general, mm-hmm. and that was the obviously the intent uh, mm-hmm. of that story, and that her she kind of expected it 
yeah. was the other part to that. Yeah. It's disturbing. Um, there were also a lot of like, uh, especially with Madison, because Madison was sort of your, of the, because they were, Madison, Nina, and Cassie were friends. Madison saw this video, was the one who was ready to be like, you know, oh, she was sleeping around, she was getting drunk, like no one's going to believe you. She had twins, she was always talking about them. She makes this like, joke to Cassie, like, oh, you don't have kids, you'll get there. Like this whole, like one day you'll move on and you'll be, you know, happy as like me because this is what happiness looks like. Um, so there was a lot of stuff like that. I did take note of um, the whole like ladies night, uh, pouring Cassie a huge drink when she's already drunk. I have always felt wary of that. That whole idea to me is like, it's basically like you're trying to get more women into a place, get them drunk, so men can pick them up. Right. And that brings yeah. the men in, though. That is a ploy to bring men. They don't have problems bringing mm-hmm. men in. Like, that's, I think, a sitcom joke. In order to get men into a bar, you bring more women. Um, mm-hmm. And the only way, to, the way to get women is to give them drinks or free free things, free admission. Same thing with clubs. They do free admission for women, da 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 Like, they have that up until 12 a.m., free for mm-hmm. women. Like, that's... And I went to those, a couple of those clubs before mm-hmm. when I was young. And it exactly is a hunting ground, essentially, mm-hmm. for predatory men. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went to one once where it was, like, women for drinks free, and I was like, four drinks? Four <laughs> Drinks. <laughs> but yeah, it was throughout the movie of like using alcohol as a weapon and like obviously Cassie's whole thing is she pretends to be drunk to see what like these nice guys will will pick her up. I did, I went to a ladies' night in Hong Kong and I definitely got something was put in my drink and I was I was hospitalized. Oh my god. Um yeah. I know that. Yeah. Um it, it's it's it hits so quickly. Like you, I went mm-hmm. from being like fine to very much not fine within like an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's just frightening because it's sort of the like we were talking about. Like that's just a threat that you face, <laughs> like being out, out and about in the world. And I definitely had like. Because it, it, you keep seeing these instances of them trying to have sex with her when she is, you know, supposed to be, looks very, very drunk, like very, very drunk. And I remember once this guy, I threw up all over him and he was still like, still want to have sex? I was like, no, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'll be leaving now. Thank wow. you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then this is also like, I don't know that this is true. I want to, I want to stress this, but this is what the level we're talking about is there was a rumor at the school that I went to that every year this fraternity, and it was sort of like notorious, like that's the not safe one. Don't go to that one. They would choose a girl and get her really, really drunk and then lock her in this glass trophy case. And then the next morning, like take pictures and video of her. Uh, and it was sort of like a thing, like you don't want to be the trophy girl, but like that whole idea of, because a lot of the guys in this kind of talk about it like a game or they laugh about it. And that that was just like a real thing that wow. we told each other on campus. <laughs> 
I mean, I, I'm be- I'm betting there's a basis to that for sure, uh, if nothing else. Yeah. I de- like recently, and it's a little different today when we talk about these cases, uh, kind of like the ones that happened for Tanina in this movie. We do see specific areas or rooms or, as you thought, like fraternities who are known and have a reputation. Um, as recently, like, I've seen TikToks of students take trying to do takedowns of specific fraternities because the school would not handle it. So, therefore, mm-hmm. they would organize protests in front of these frats um, and fraternities. And it was it, it's interesting to see because I think I saw at least, like, two or three different schools where they talked about a specific organization, a specific fraternity, uh, fraternal order, who was known for throwing parties where women were constantly uh, date-raped, and therefore they would stage protests um, in front of it because that's all they could do. And that was the only way they could get any kind of attention and justice for the victims. So it's we don't have much of that in play other than uh, that's how Cassie's stalking the individuals uh, and their information. But, like, that's a newer thing that's having to come by to try to get justice. Recently, I just saw a tweet from a woman who was told her case may not make it into, even though she did everything correctly, she immediately reported to the police. She immediately gave evidence. She immediately got an exam, all the things. And because of that, she went to Twitter and she just named the names and went all the way down. Um, and it brought up a huge, like, why are you telling us? Why aren't you going to the police? And then she's like, I did, but nothing mm-hmm. is happening. So here you go. And I want you to know who this is. And I want you to know what happened to me. And I'm not going to sit this. I'll tell you how it's ruined my life. And it's currently ruining my life. Um, and I find that fascinating today, like, as we were talking about how big of a change social media has made, whether it's good or bad, but it has because women are starting to, with the Me Too movement, which is, she said, is starting to gather courage from seeing others speak out. But I I found that fascinating to, like, the differences in this and whether or not they could have turned to that route about social media, which I thought would be what was going to happen about that tape, to be honest. I thought she was going to post it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, we've talked about that in the power of those movements on on social media and things like Twitter, where it's probably, it's impacted you whether you use it or not. Right. But it is, it's just such a shame that that's like what it takes. And that that like, because it, it's not easy to share that stuff. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I... It's a huge, powerful movement, but I hate that it requires kind of just like, well, none of these other things have worked, so here's right. my story. Um, and hopefully it'll prevent prevent it from happening to you at this place or, or what have you. Right. Um, I mean, that's the other part is they're naming names so women will be aware who did it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my favorite right now is them finding Brock Turner and blasting it every time he tries to go somewhere. Oh, and how he changed his name or changed his appearance. <laughs> Women are like, yeah. hey, Brock Turner is in this area. Be aware. <laughs> I love it. There, This is, that case and Brett Kavanaugh were definitely shining through the story mm-hmm. in this one, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the lines that stuck out to me, and we've all, we've heard variations of this line was, you know, 
It's every guy's worst nightmare getting accused like that, which is what Al says. And Cassie says back, can you guess what every woman's worst nightmare is? But yeah, that, that like very clear, stark gender difference. I thought it was also pretty telling, as you were saying earlier, like when Dean Walker immediately is like, oh, this is dangerous. My daughter is in this room. There's alcohol in men. And Cassie has a comment about like, oh, she's safer than we were at your school. Like <laughs> your daughter is. But also that whole idea of, yeah, like dropping out from med school after this experience, losing women in our workforce or whatever it is, or losing lives because of this trauma and because it's going ignored or even mocked. And then, you know, like trying to paint the picture of who was lost because so many times I feel like it's like, oh, well, another statistic, sexual assault is bad and we forget who the victim is and like, or the survivor is. And you see that throughout this of, Cassie trying to be like, remember Nina? Nina did this, and she was like this, and she was this. It was so much, and we lost her because of this. So that was there. It's like, it's strange for me to say I did write down friendship because, you know, Cassie and Nina were very close, but we never see their friendship. We just kind of hear about it, and we see what Cassie does in her name. (laughs) I don't know. You also Uh, see that they've been together for so long and the guilt of her not being with Nina holds her. Like, not only, of course, her death is going to affect her, but she blames herself for letting her be in that situation or, or like, not being with her to get her out of that situation. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like those kind of, like, ripple effects of those traumatic events of how it impacts people in your life. Um, and I did want to, before we talk about the ending real quick, I did want to bring up something else that I'd forgotten about that you reminded me of was when Carrie Mulligan was cast, there was mm-hmm. all this like backlash of, oh, she's not hot enough for this role. Right, right. It was such an absurd conversation because they were like, someone like Margot Robbie, she's the one that should be doing this. And it was uh, during this time, I remember Carrie Mulligan came out and spoke out about it and had a whole article written about it because someone, like, articles were written that she was not pretty enough and she could not get away with this, which is a whole different conversation. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't take much to get men into these positions. And I'm, I'm not trying to be callous or I'm not trying to be insulting. It really is about a lot of, for a lot of the, in this specific line of going to a club to meet a woman to go and spend mm-hmm. the night with. I'm sorry. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's just such a funny level of comparison. Like, have you not known normal, not Hollywood women going home with people? But this mm-hmm. also is a same damn narrative. She wasn't pretty enough. Why would she be raped? Right. Kind of. But and put beside the point that Carrie Mulligan is a Oscar-winning Hollywood actress, <laughs> gorgeous Hollywood actress who has played mm-hmm. leading ladies for a while. Mm-hmm. So it's such an absurdity to me that they had to be like she has to be a blonde bombshell to play yeah. this character, which is just essentially taking men home while they're drunk or being taken yeah. home by men who want a drunk, uh, inebriated, unconscious woman half the time mm-hmm. for their physical purpose. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, what do you think this is? I don't understand. There's so many things in this narrative that is so insulting to every woman in mm-hmm. general and also every victim in general, Mm -hmm. that it just seems so ridiculous that that was the critique to this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a disgusting, harmful narrative. 
Um, and we've talked about it before on the show. So right. check that out. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. And then, yeah, just to briefly talk about the ending, because this was the big thing everybody kept kind of hinting at for me. I was like, oh, the ending. It is, it's <laughs> really rough. Um, I think the scene, like how quickly Al and his friend go from like, oh, she's dead. Oh, this is not your fault. It's okay. Uh, let's just burn the body. And no, everyone will it's forget about her. Yeah. He, he keeps saying, oh, it's not your fault. You're going to be fine. And, you know, Al thinks, oh, I'm going to have this happy life. I'm going to get married. No one's going to know about it. Because um, he's counting on, like, no, nobody investigated with Nina um, who would investigate this person. And so it was kind of like, you know, <laughs> it's still like a dark, grim ending. It was pretty satisfying that he got arrested at his wedding. I was hoping more people would get arrested. <laughs> right. But... Can we also talk about the wedding ceremony of the white people doing that? <laughs> and I know it was a joke and it was a play on, I think it's a play on Crunchy, the Crunchy movement. I don't know if you know what that is. Um, the TikTok level, that's what how I know it. But I'm thinking that's what that is. <laughs> the white women doing a drum session. Right. I know this was supposed to be. And it was. Like, it was such a bleak moment to laugh. You're like, what is happening? What is mm -hmm. happening? Am I supposed to laugh here? Because I don't <laughs> want to laugh right now. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what we see. And and then she, him getting arrested. And also, I think there's also that conversation. And I may be reading too much into it. Because when Al says the stripper is dead, he never says who she is. So yep. Joe doesn't know who he, she is. And he's like, she's just a stripper. No one's going to know. 
Right. Yeah. Not realizing who she was. And I don't know mm-hmm. if it's ever so- said to him. Like, mm-hmm. we know Al knows. We know Al knows that he knows Nina. He doesn't know who she is. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, he does know because she said, you don't remember me. Mm-hmm. He's like, I must have not been on your radar or whatever. Oh, you do remember me after he says, you're Nina's friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but he never says that to Joe. And I think that's that huge dismissiveness in other levels, like the talking about sex work and what we need to talk about and how uh, invisible they can be treated. Yeah and dismissed as human as well. So there's so many underlying things to that. Again, Mm -hmm. I may be reading too much into it, but I think there's that conversation too in men in power dismissing women in specific employments or careers and therefore feeling like they can and they are untouchable and they have the right to dismiss them as such. Yeah. That was, I definitely got that same vibe. like how quickly they were like, oh, let's just burn the body. Like that, <laughs> oof, it's like, he didn't even think to like, that was like the first thing. He was like, oh, let's just burn the body because it right. doesn't matter. She doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, I know this wasn't really the point, but I did, it did crack me up how quickly they went from, did anybody order a stripper to, oh, it's a stripper, who cares? <laughs> like, we don't care who ordered, like, whatever. Right. Like, oh, I'm okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's definitely yes. here, let's go. Yes. And then I did want to touch on really briefly um, that whole thing at the end where everybody's kind of blaming Cassie's mental health. And like I said, like, she, for her disappearance, like, oh, she wasn't doing well, um, whatever. But the, it felt like the cops were so ready to be like, yeah, let's just mark it off the list. She wasn't doing well, right? Um kind of these leading questions. And like I said, like, she isn't doing well. But I think that was part of the point was everybody kept telling her to move on from this, like, horrific thing. And she couldn't. And she, like, couldn't just ignore that this had happened or ignore that this is the world we live in and she's getting told, like, that's just how it is. And she couldn't. And so I... um I thought that was interesting. I read a couple articles about about that and how, like, they were so quick to blame the mental health, but they would just so readily, like, but this actually happened and this was an issue. And, of course, she's traumatized from it. Right. Yeah. I think in that regards, and we talked about this in previous episodes, um, I think when I first started, when we see people using mental health and weaponizing mental health, when it comes to the gender differences, they blame mental health for women's downfall while mm-hmm. they blame mental health for a man who is violent and are hurting others. So it's such a right. whole different level of mm-hmm. who is doing what um, to the same effect. Like, well, if you're saying that <laughs> he is mentally unstable, that's why he gunned down an entire school. Mm-hmm. And that's the excuse that we should we should forgive him or something as to where, well, this woman died or got killed because she was not healthy. Right. Wait, what? Like, it's just mm-hmm. it's the, the opposite effect in what we see in this conversation um, and what we use and weaponize and how we weaponize it, whether it's for or against. Um, right. And it's it's very interesting conversation because one's an excuse and one's the reason. And it's mm-hmm. kind of that level of, 
uh-huh, here we go again. We see this happen all the time, and this is a prime example of this. And we've seen that with the missing and murdered Indigenous women, um, that oftentimes their mental health or if drug use is involved or anything that they can scrape up to say this is why she, she's gone and it's her fault instead right. of finding a reason that to or instead of finding the fact that she's a victim here and we need to do everything we can do to find them mm-hmm. um, is that same stark difference here to me as well. Um, I also wanted to point out when they were talking to uh, Bo Burnham's character, Ryan, um, they kept thanking him. For yeah. your honesty, you can't be lying to me. You're such an right. upstanding citizen. You're doing such mm-hmm. a great job. Oh, yeah, she was so mentally off. Almost like thanking him for caring for her. It was almost like he was right. doing this out of pity. So there's so many things to that level. It was like, oh, my God, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like he was the victim for having to put up yeah. with her and right. her issues. Right. Um, and heavy quotes. But, yeah, you're so right because when it, it's women, it's your fault. All of these things, the mental health, the drugs, whatever it is, with men, we're much more likely to be like, well, it's not his fault. It's like everybody else's fault, but not his fault. <laughs> and that's what was playing out with the sexual assault too, whereas instead they're essentially telling her to move on, to accept that this is the world we live in, we can't do any better. And she's so angry about it, rightfully. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot to talk about for sure. It is a rough one. I recommend it, but be in the right mind space. Right. Prepare yourself. Get, get your healing movie after the fact. Do your comedy. <laughs> yes. I think I immediately texted you. I was like, I yes. have to watch a romantic comedy or something now. Thank you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to the listeners, we always love your suggestions and thank you. But yes, I'm just kind of mad at you. <laughs> it's all right, listeners. You're in the same boat you. as me. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you for sending those suggestions. Thanks to everybody who suggested this. Uh, if you would like to send us more suggestions or if you have any thoughts about this, you can email us at stephaniamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at Momstuff Podcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff I Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or Revy listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee, sounds perfect. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.